If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Okay, welcome back to the Free Indeed Podcast. We're going to continue with our question from the previous episode with Kirk. Uh, the question was... That's me. Yes, that's Kirk. I'm Kirk. The question is that we went with, what do you mean by being offense, offensive and battling pornography? And I encourage you to listen to the previous episode if you haven't yet. And we uh, went into the, uh, the New Testament book of Ephesians, and there's a great chapter in chapter 6 about putting on the armor of God. And I um, went back to Kirk's class and being offensive. Uh, he spends a lot of time with this from the Bible, and I think it's a really good way for us to kind of gather what it means to be offensive. And we talked about the first thing when you're offensive is standing up. Uh, before that, though, you even realize that you have to be offensive against something. We're not just being offensive against bad behavior. We're not even just being offensive against uh, the occasional look. We're being offensive against an enemy. Uh, there is an opposition to us finding freedom. So we're all about being offensive. How can we take the, the fight to the field? How can we uh, get out there and do more than just stand back on our heels, sitting down, and letting the fight come to us? We want to bring the fight to the enemy. As we will continue to go through, I asked uh, Kirk last time as well about the truth. And we, we stopped, uh, we ended up with talking about standing firm then with the belt of truth. This is verse 14, buckled around your waist. And what was truth? And so we talked a little bit about truth. Next is the breastplate of righteousness. And mm. that is the next piece to this. And so as we continue this conversation about the armor of God, Kirk, what is... How is the breastplate of righteousness offensive? Because, I mean, that sounds like a defensive measure. That sounds like something that protects from something coming at us. That's that's defensive, isn't it? Um, yeah, it pretty much is, man. You kind of got me twisted on that one. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm done. No, I... Um, I'm disappointed. I, yeah, that's all right, man. <laughs> I think uh, in, terms of, in terms of being offensive... First of all, that when I think of that breastplate in terms of, you know, like you said, you picture that Roman soldier. That breastplate covers, protects, if you will, all of your vital organs. It protects everything that can't protect itself, that can't be offensive in itself. And so, um, you know, and so part of that armor, maybe part of the offensive nature of the breastplate is putting it on every single day. That oh, just hit, that that's just hit a good me. one. Yeah, that, that, that just hit one. me. Boom, that just happened. You don't just wake up with armor on. No, no, that, that would be silly. Um, and you'd probably have sleep apnea or something. I don't know. But or you definitely have a snoring Unless problem. Unless you're out the there case. sleeping in enemy's territory. Uh, yeah, if you're sleeping in enemy's territory, there's something definitely wrong in. I mean, if you're in enemy's territory, you ain't sleeping. you either fighting or you're trying to get out. Um, so you never should find. Matter of fact, probably more often than not, we find ourselves sleeping in enemy territory. That's the problem. Uh, but I, I think totally unequipped, totally unequipped. <laughs> and, and I think if you're sleeping, you definitely can't be offensive um, unless your snoring is offensive to somebody else. But uh, but I, in terms of, yeah, back in terms of the, the breastplate of righteousness. And again, you know, this is in the context of getting ready for battle. 
you know, same thing with the same thing with the with with the uh, with the belt. You got to actively put that thing on. And so I think the breastplate, the offensive nature of that is every single day I got to put on that metaphorical, if you will, breastplate of righteousness. I got to put on that righteousness. I got to put on that thing that that um, that protects everything that can't protect itself. Okay, so it's the breastplate that protects what can't protect itself yeah. of righteousness. Yeah. What do you have any thoughts on that as an offensive weapon? Oh man, you're the you're the theologist, man. I'm a freeologist. I don't, man. I now you know, you're just making up words. I, that, that's a total word, man. I don't make theologist? up words. I don't make up words. I invent them. <laughs> um, I'm pretty a, sure that's not even original to you. I'm a, I'm a word smith. I, <laughs> I manufacture words. I invent them. I, you know, that, that righteousness, you know, again, I think that is the thing we're supposed to be working on, you know, in terms of the righteousness, I, quite often we get caught up in worrying about our sin. We get caught up in worrying about that thing that I did wrong or the thing that I don't want to do wrong. And in reality, that is already dealt with. That's already taken care of. And so why are you trying to battle sin when sin has already been overcome and sin has already been conquered in the end in terms of Christ's sacrifice. That goes back to the defensive work that God is already doing and has done. Absolutely. And so now that doesn't mean you don't worry about your active sin to come, but at the same time to focus completely on that, I think you're focusing more on hell than you are heaven. But but in terms of that, that, that righteousness, as opposed to focusing on and fighting the sin, what if we focused, again, stop stopping? What if we focused on the start starting? What if we focused on developing our righteousness? What if we focused on developing that part of who we are and working on that righteousness, which is, you know, again, I'm not a theologist, but to me I equate that to, you know, working on the process of sanctification. Salvation is instant. Sanctification is a process. So, you know, in terms of developing that righteousness, that's the journey. That's the offensive journey. Beginning habits that make you stronger, mind, body, and spirit. And that's what we do. Yeah. Where I was thinking of the, I'm not sure how far you want to go down this path, but you have a talk that you do and you talk about the secret sauce Mm. of of free indeed. Mm -hmm. So we are fairly secretive around here. Uh, so we don't want to share too much because we want to keep you coming back. Let's share it all, man. <laughs> Let's put it out there. Okay. Uh, the I don't, we don't have to go through the whole secret sauce, but one of those is uh, developing the mind. Uh, so that secret sauce. I'll just leave it at that. Part of the secret sauce is you develop your mind. You want to share do it, it, man. Uh, Let's do it. The secret sauce is <laughs> you. You is www, which is what people most people think is the problem. But www is work, worship, and word, and uh, and, and and free indeed is the only score based adaptive behavioral therapy specifically targeting pornography anywhere on planet Earth at this moment because we have a score system involved with work, worship, and word. And work is and all this is it is the process of, of developing, if you will, righteousness or developing, you know, that part of who we are. But work is causing your body to sweat. Um, faith without works is dead. And and so you can have faith all you want, you can pray all you want, but at some point when you get up off your knees and say amen, you gotta go do something. So the way we frame that is work is causing your body to sweat. Worship, you know, God's looking, he's searching for those that, that are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. So you cause your spirit to sweat, if you will, in terms of active worship, uh, a worship life. For me, the vehicle that I use is music. 
uh, to get into that space. The main, the main, the main way I do that, the the way I found it easiest. And so, and that's work, worship, and then word is your mind. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And so, and that's causing your mind to sweat, which actively looks like learning something new. And so what we do in terms of the secret sauce is we put a point system, a score system to that on a daily basis. And that score system, you know, when guys walk into a room and there's a game on, the first thing they ask is, what's the score? Because we want to know who's winning, who's losing, and by how much. And that's why we have problems with relationships. Because <laughs> um, yeah. there's just no scoreboard. And it's always – the math doesn't work out. Anyhow, um, and so we put, a, uh, we put a framework around that score system and putting that score system into a daily point value that either you do it or you don't do it. And if you don't do it, your enemy gets the points. If you do it, you, you get the points. And so at the end, there's no break even. It's impossible to break even the way we have the, the score set up. Um, and so at the end of the day, you know, am I losing? Am I winning? And by how much? And you can't control everything in your life, but you can absolutely control that. Uh, it's, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the daily max or I guess minimum plus or minus is 11. So at the end of the day, you know, I know, did I get my 11 points or not? And I, I mean, I've proven in my life that I can get 11 points before I even leave the house in the morning. I mean, it's quite possible to do that. And, and then again, I set myself up for success. I set myself, set my day up with, I've, I've already won in terms of making myself better developing my mind, my body, and my spirit. It's a holistic approach, a holistic view. Because we're fighting a holistic enemy. We're fighting an enemy that attacks you, that owns your mind, your body, and your spirit. And that can be measured, that's quantifiable um, in terms of how it affects each person, the consumer. And so, you know, holistic problems require holistic solutions. And that is a holistic solution to the secret sauce that you mentioned. But it, it does all go back to the whole notion of putting on that righteousness. And again, just like I talked about, you know, I get my 11 points in the morning. I put on that, that breastplate of righteousness rolling out of bed before I even leave the house and get that first dart from the world before I get that first external temptation in terms of, driving down the street or in a grocery store or at the office or at the gym yeah. or whatever it is. And so, I mean, I, I, um, you know, I, I, I put on that breastplate of righteousness, you know, right up front in the beginning of, and that maybe that's the, when in, in terms of being offensive, the offensive part is putting it on in the beginning of the day. Nice. That, yeah, I was wondering about the, not wondering, but for those who wonder maybe, where that went this episode these episodes here are around being offensive and it's a really important part of being holistically offensive you're not just exercising one part of you so kudos on you Kirk for coming up with three ways for us to be offensive uh, to be able to develop ourselves as whole beings yeah I mean you know if it was just about being worshipful there wouldn't be which statistics say half of every church you know, in terms of men consuming pornography. If it was just about being spiritual, being a great spiritual guy, there wouldn't be such a problem in our ministry leadership globally. Uh, if it was just about physical exercise, there wouldn't be guys in the gym that are still struggling. I mean, and, and so, you know, and if it was just about the mind, there, there wouldn't be brainiacs that are, that are struggling. So it's a holistic thing. Exactly. We're, when we're slaves, all of us is a slave. Absolutely. And slavery anywhere is slavery everywhere. Exactly. 
Okay, so we didn't spend 20 minutes on that one, but we're, <laughs> we're, we, we probably could. The next verse is, And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. peace. So that is saying, it doesn't even actually say to put anything on. It just says, get your feet ready with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Yeah. That's interesting. We're talking about peace right in the middle of getting ready for warfare. What does that mean? The gospel you, of peace. You got to be grounded in that, man. When oh, you man. when you fully get that gospel in you, you got to be grounded in that peace. That 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 uh, the, the I mean, the gospel is. I mean, you know, God is not afraid of our storms. He's not afraid of our battle. I mean, He's not as worried as we are. I mean, and so you know, when you put on that that gospel of peace, man, you put on that footwear, and that's the. And I think it's kind of cool that's the footwear because that's where you get your your power, your base. I mean, in terms of. You know, in, in terms of the, the battle, if you will, if you think of sports, every single sport has its own type of footwear, even if that sport involves no footwear. But, you know, either way, it's for a specific purpose and for a specific intent on what you're in battle with. And even if it's, you know, American football and international football, we call soccer, they're both played on grass, but they have different types of shoes. And so, you know, having that, that, that grounding, having that piece of this is my base, this is where I get my power from, I get my power from the peace, and by the way, we worship the Prince of Peace. So five years ago, how was your peace? <laughs> peace of? <laughs> um, but, yeah, there was, no, there was no peace. There was no, at the end of the day, there was no sense of, of calmness or peace. You know, again, I never laid my head down at the end of the day feeling peaceful. There was always some kind of wrestle or some kind of a turmoil or something like that. And, and guys, you know what I'm talking about, man. That that shame, that guilt, that what you didn't get done and and or you've been up all night and now it's 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and you got to wake up at 4, 5, or 6 o'clock and get to work. And, and uh, you know, there is no sense of peace when, when, you, when, you're living that, when you're living that consumer that especially that porn consumer lifestyle, there's not a sense of, of peace ever. And, and in that kind of case, man, my, my relationship, my marriage was in trouble, man. My kids, I mean, everything, my, every part of me, man, mind, body, and spirit, every part of my life had zero, absolutely zero peace. How did peace move you toward freedom? Was the gospel, did you have a better understanding of the gospel at some point that helped you have a stronger peace? To move forward, yeah, and so here, here's the thing, actually. So you know, in freedom, I don't believe that freedom is passive. I, I believe that freedom always costs something, whether it costs you or somebody else. And so, you know, the the oxymoron is, you know, freedom. I frame freedom in the active, if you will, the fight or the battle for freedom. And so, you know, and so the the oxymoron is, is how am I battling with peace? And I, I think the peace is while you're in the battle, knowing that the outcome is already determined. That can give you a lot of peace, Kenneth. That can give you a whole lot of peace, <laughs> yeah. knowing that the outcome is already determined, man, but my job is just to fight. Yeah. And if you don't quit, you'll win. Now, that's really important. If, if you knew you were on the side that wins, how would that help you in your fight for freedom and against pornography? Mm. That is huge right there, guys. Yeah. It needs to be brought home that, once you choose the gospel of peace, and when we say gospel, we already restrict where we're getting our peace from. Does that make sense? Where we get our peace from has to come from the gospel. There's no other source of peace that will bring lasting peace, deeper peace, or peace that can flow out 
from uh, from God to you and from you. In other words, through you. And you bring peace to your world around you. That doesn't mean your world becomes perfect. Can you speak to that at all, Kirk? Oh, man, perfect. I mean, perfect is I'm alive. You know, perfect is I'm looking at the green side of the grass and not the brown side of the grass. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that you know, what's perfect, man? If you expect it perfect, it'll happen as soon as you die. <laughs> I mean, if you expect, I mean, if you want, like, no battle, no struggle, no none of that, then just wait long enough. You'll get there. <laughs> you'll get to it. But, you know, but this life will be over. And so, yeah, in terms of perfection, and, and that's you got to have peace, man, in the storms. And I, I think that's why that's why Jesus showed us that. That's why he showed us not only his peace to be able to sleep in the back of a boat in the middle of a storm, but his peace to also be able to walk out onto the water in the middle of a storm. And, oh, by the way, storm clouds are never stationary. And so if you wait long enough, that storm cloud is going to pass, and, and, and that peace will come. And so, yeah, I mean, in terms of when you ever get to that point where you arrive at peace, peace begins on the inside. And the, it, I mean, you, 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 it manifests on the outside, but it always begins just like healing, just like so many other things on the inside. We talked about freedom and what is freedom. Mm. And we talked about the source of freedom and the origin of freedom and where it originates for us. And so you just said peace comes from the inside. Is there a connection between uh, mm-hmm. peace mm-hmm. and freedom? Freedom begins on the inside too. Exactly. Freedom is an identity. I mean, freedom absolutely begins on the inside. It begins between the ears, right behind your eyeballs. And, uh, you know, and your whole point a minute ago about, you know, what if you can start off knowing that, that, that you're on the side that wins? I think that's the dope part about guys coming to class, man. When they come to class, you know, when we get our hands on them, man, it's like you can't – this is not theory. I mean, this is not something that we learn somewhere in terms of – I mean, we've been there. We've been there and done that, and we know exactly what it's like. And so when guys step into the room, man, it's like – this is not, you know, just somebody with just, you know, a bunch of paper on the wall that's that's kind of regurgitating some things and that kind of stuff. But this is not somebody. This is somebody that's that's been there and done that. And these guys understand where I'm at. These guys understand what I'm going through. These guys know what it's like. And yet here they are. And so that's the cool part about guys coming in. But but yeah, freedom, man, freedom. If, the, if that can't ex- start from anywhere but the inside. Yeah, a lot of these come around to and you're describing a series of choices while we can't manufacture peace we can choose that source of peace so like i was saying a minute ago when we say the gospel of peace just as it says right here in in ephesians uh it has to be necessarily a peace that comes from that source of the gospel so as soon as you read that you wonder what is the gospel then you then you have to move into the life of christ and you have to see how Christ had that perfect life. And you referenced it when, and I just love that story of Christ. He must have been, number one, exhausted to sleep in the middle of a storm that probably wasn't just any ordinary storm. The enemy was pretty real and thinking, now's my chance, I'm going to try to drown the guy. Or number two, he wasn't just exhausted because it was a very full day of work and ministry. He was just totally putting himself into the Father's hands. He's like, God, I'm exhausted. I'm going to sleep. I trust you. Good night. And he's out, and the storm's blowing him around. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is an, another example of not only is Jesus calm in the storm, that story, then, if you read it, he is also the source of the calm to remove the storm. Absolutely. And the other, you know, the, the last option is maybe he, 
maybe he was God and he knew that he was bigger than the storm. And so, you know, when everybody else was freaking out and, you know, and, and that kind of stuff, he's like, yeah, okay, whatever, man. And he get up and, all right, now peace be still. Now y'all sit down and shut up leave me alone kind of thing. I'm going back to sleep. I'm going back to sleep. You know, yeah. but and, and even in that, he was sleeping in the back of the boat. The back of the boat is where the rudder is on these boats. Mm. So he was back there, even in his sleep, <laughs> where all the control is in the boat. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, we have time for one more here. For this uh, episode, again, this is probably going to be multiple parts, but. So in verse 17, and maybe we, we kind of finish here or finish or start up again next time. Verse 17 in Ephesians 6, take the helmet of salvation. Okay, there's two parts. I'm going to stop there. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm making a mistake. I totally skipped verse 16, and I, I, I love what you do with this in the class. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith mm. with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, think about that. A shield, isn't that, that's only defensive. You're just being, you're protecting yourself yeah. from stuff coming at you. That, it's what it says. Uh, mm-hmm. The flaming arrows of the evil one. Mm. So, yeah, well, I, I happen to like those gladiator movies, like the gory ones. That I, I love those, man. The ones where body parts get hacked off right down the screen, and I just love that kind of stuff. And if you ever watch any of those, you are well aware that the shield can absolutely be an offensive weapon. I, I mean, the shield, let's, let's be guy, right? The shield in those movies can decapitate somebody just like anything else. And, and so, you know, that, that shield... You know, that shield of faith, man, I mean, that, that shield, you can use that. You can use that in battle, man, to, to actually attack the enemy, to attack the enemy with, with the faith of what you believe. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't look at it as a passive thing. I look at it as the thing in your other hand, on your other arm, and that, that you can use just like, the, just like any other weapon you have. So how has faith contributed to your freedom then? Oh man, you <laughs> some things you got to have faith. Some things, you know, it it does come down to, you know, the what what you believe in. First of all, if you don't even believe that freedom is possible, then you're not going to experience freedom. If you don't believe that something is even possible, then, you know, then wanting it or even experiencing it is, you know, pretty much never going to happen. So you got to have faith to believe that something you don't have you can have. And faith is absolutely possible in terms of using that thing. And I love the whole notion of the, the phalanx where we link our, we would link our shields together and, and that, and, and, you know, the enemy's coming after us and you link the shields together, but you got the spear sticking out in between them. And, and you got to have the faith just to even believe that it's possible. I mean, and, and that's just a huge obstacle to get over for some guys is just believing that it's possible. And I think that's one of the great things we do in class is giving guys the faith and the hope that it's even possible. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. And so, and I, again, I told you my experience was hopelessness. So many guys' experience is hopelessness. And so in order to have that, I mean, the faith and the hope go together, but but being able to have faith that it's even possible to have this freedom, it's even possible to have this thing that I'm looking for, this thing that I want, that's where it all begins, man. That's where it all be. It is, it is core, man. It is absolutely foundational. The, the imagery that we're getting in this is a soldier. Yeah. And part of being a soldier is obviously, maybe not obviously, is a soldier isn't a soldier alone. You've got to have faith in your brother. You've oh, got yeah. to have faith in your comrade who's with you. Mm-hmm. 
that's something I want us to take away from this as well, is, is important. It's not just faith. It's a shield of faith. But you mentioned interlocking faith, uh, shields. And what about interlocking our faith together? Is our faith stronger together than alone? What Dude, do you think? Here's the deal. Navy SEALs don't even go in alone. You know, and all those guys will tell you that Rambo is a joke. Like, that, that's so much fiction and even funny. Those guys don't even go alone. And the, if you think about the true core of the masculinity that surrounded the, the whole notion of a Navy SEAL is the fact that I have my life in your hands. And I know that, that you would give your life for me and I would give my life for you. And even in death, I'm still not going to leave you behind. Like, even in death, even if you're dead, I'm still not going to leave you behind on this battlefield. And so when you interlock your shields, when you interlock your faith, not only is it we have faith in the same thing, we're under the same banner, the same flag, but I also have faith in you that when I call you, when I need you, you're going to be there and and you're covering me. Now, you're not responsible for me and I'm not responsible for you. You still got to you still got to send your bullets downrange like I got to send mine. And we still have to fight our thing. But at the same time, I have absolute confidence and faith that you are in this just as much with me as it is for me. And we are in this thing together. So for anybody listening, picture Kirk and I having interlocking faiths with your faith now. And we always want to end our episodes here in Free Indeed of how can we get in touch. So that's something if you haven't heard it yet, you need to know you can get in touch with us. You can go to freeindeed36.com. You can go to kirkmsamuels.com. And I wanted to introduce in this episode, Kirk, your your book. We mentioned it a couple of times a couple episodes ago. Uh, you want to say anything about that? Yeah, the book title is For Your Eyes Only, The Inside Scoop About Men, Porn, and Marriage. Um, and it, you can buy it online, um, but uh, on Amazon for sure. The uh, the book I, I talk about, I explain the problem from the inside out. I'm not the macro speaking to the micro. I'm not, you know, a social scientist speaking to the consumer saying, hey, it's bad, you should stop. I'm actually speaking from the former consumer's perspective to the world, giving the world understanding from the inside out. And actually what we even do with the class with the secret sauce and all that is we reverse engineer what porn does and allows you to get the same things from that. And so I under I understand it from the inside out. And that's the way I explain it. So that's in terms of the book, in terms of the us having faith, we don't even know who we're talking to right now. If you're listening to this, when we recorded this, we have no idea who you are. So we're having faith yes. in interlocking our shields as well as yours, that whoever you are, wherever you are, I mean, right now you don't even exist in our worlds in terms of we knowing your name and us knowing your name and, and all that kind of stuff. But we have faith in you, whoever you are, and we have enough faith to, to put our faith in our to put some work behind our faith and actually do something with it. So, uh, so we are absolutely having our faith with you as well. So, guys, keep up that shield of faith. Pick up the armor, put it on, put on the, that belt, put on the breastplate. Get that gospel of peace on your feet and get started. This is Mike Hansen finishing with our fourth episode of Free Indeed. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.